This podcast is produced and managed by Kangaroo Fern Media Lab, Australia's independent video and podcast company. We do the podcasting hard bits so you don't have to. We make podcasts easy. Book a call at www.kangaroofern.com. www.kangaroofern.com. This podcast is produced and managed by Kangaroo Fern Media Lab, Australia's independent video and podcast company. We do the podcasting hard bits so you don't have to. We make podcasts easy. Book a call at www.kangaroofern.com. www.kangaroofern.com. Welcome to Samutsari, Conversations with Mimi, a weekly podcast by Dinosocial, also a member of the Guerrilla Podcast Syndicate. Samutsari is where we can show that ordinary people do extraordinary things. Tune in to be entertained and to learn something new with your host, Mimi Lorilla. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Samutsari Conversations with Mimi, a podcast featuring topics of Various interests for women and men alike. My name is Mimi Laurelia, your host for this show. And I feature guests who share their passion, their talent, their commitment to their professions. Here at Samutsari, we share stories to inspire you. Stories from ordinary people who make extraordinary things. I want to introduce you to a, a very special person because I met a group from New Zealand. <laughs> but she's also a, a Filipino Kiwi. Uh, is it still the same uh, way they call Filipinos, Kiwi noise? Um, I'm going to get her to say hi lang muna, and then I'm going to formally introduce her. Her name is Miss Marian Infante. Hi, Marian, and welcome to Samutsari. Kia ora, kumusta ko pungan? I'm Marian, and it's so nice to be talking to you at the meeting. Yes, I miss the Kiwi accent. <laughs> Nawala na, pati mga anak ko, they've lost their Kiwi accents. They're now speaking like they're from... Um, you know, Australian uh, with an Australian accent. So I, I, I do believe that language changes you wherever you go. Just like Leia Salonga, when she went to uh, the UK, she picked up on her British accent. Then she moved to the US. She lost her British accent. She's now using her US accent. But I love to hear the way you've said Kiora. It's been a while. So uh, just to give everybody a brief, a brief um, you know, context or background about you. So, Marian is actually born in the Philippines, in Pampanga. Maraming masasarap na pagkain ng Pampanga. They say that it's the food capital of the Philippines. Maraming magagaling magluto sa Pampanga. But you moved to Christchurch, you migrated, I'm assuming this is your, your whole family, migrated to Christchurch in uh, a time that you were still young, around 11 years old. Um, and then, I will ask you this because I'm not sure what this actually means, but let me just go through your bio here. You are an interdisciplinary Kapumpangan creative practitioner, an actor, a writer, a producer in theater and film. And in 2016, you graduated with a bachelor's in performing arts, majoring in screen and theater acting from Unitech. And then you joined forces with the Proudly Asian Theater PAT as the company producer and co-founder and creative director of Te and Kuya Collaborative 
TKC. How is how nice naman the name Te and Kuya Collaborative. You also emerged as a fresh playwright in 2018, a screenwriter in 2020, presenting and featuring in Aotearoa's first and award-winning Filipino theater production called Pinay, and has recently released Mekeni. Wow, another Pampangueño word. Uh, Aotearoa's first Kapampangan short film, proving you and this film to be a game changer in New Zealand's artistic landscape. And obviously, as part of your craft, you did upskilling and joined the screen industry, not only as an actor, but as a new producer. So you are obviously making waves in New Zealand, making history, starring as the first Filipino nurse role. Uh, the Filip- Maybe you're the first Filipino actor. I don't know, but you can debunk that. You can correct me. And, um, and you're called Madonna Diaz. That's your name. In New Zealand's longest running soap, TV show, Shortland Street. Oh, I miss Shortland Street. We don't have Shortland Street here. Um, so I, I did, uh, I couldn't follow anymore whatever is happening with Shortland Street. Um, and your goal is to empower and authentically represent Asian voices and support the growth of Asian talents in film and theater. Wow, what a very, very deep and strong, <laughs> really grounded background in the performing arts. So, Marian, there's so many questions and we can go so many ways with this um, episode. But first, um, syempre, in, may intriga yung mga potentially Filipinos from the Philippines na nakikinig sa atin. Uh, are you the typical Filipino story of why you moved to New Zealand? What was your family's situation before that made your whole family migrate to New Zealand when you were young coming from Pampanga I'm not sure if I'm 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 not sure if we like are the typical story I think to to looking at our migration process from a very young point of view when I was 11 I didn't really think much of it but I think now when I do like look back I think My mum, who was a qualified, uh, you know, healthcare worker or practitioner, she was a nutritionist dietitian. She was the one who migrated us as a family here with my dad, with Papa and my sister, my younger sister. And I think it is typical in a way that there are a lot of highly skilled Filipinos who move here and, you know, find a new pathway and a more, um, I guess, more resources to have better opportunities for, not only for us um in the family but also the family back home you know to to send pera to the family yeah. to the titas the lolo you know the lola um but i think in, in that way it is a typical the typical narrative i guess of a migrating family um but i also know that one of the reasons we moved is also for family because we wanted to be closer to my tita who had a my cousin who had cerebral palsy and needed the extra family support because she could no longer be a solo mother so she needed um you know another i guess support network to be able to help her with my cousin and then from that on the rest is really history and we've kind of branched off doing our own thing my younger sister is also now in the medical field and now i'm in the arts the absolute polar opposite mm-hmm. but um, yeah i think everyone is just making waves in their own meaningful way yeah so when you move to christchurch 
did you guys settle in Christchurch? I I had this impression that you're not living in Christchurch, or are you still in Christchurch? You moved. You moved. Yeah. So when I when I finished high school in Christchurch, when I when I was 18, I moved to Auckland to do my degree because there the, you know there wasn't the same degree that was offered in Christchurch. So I went and did a the Bachelor of Performing Arts in Auckland. So mm-hmm. now I've been based in Auckland since 2014, basically. Okay. So why? Is there an interest in your uh, kind of because your mom you said she's a, a health practitioner? What made you decide to go into performing arts? What was it? Are you the typical Filipino child that the parents wanted to sing and dance at a very young age, or are you just naturally inclined to to perform to to do some more of those you know connecting with people in a sort of different way visually through performing? I think a bit of both. I mean, Mama and Papa always, you know, palagi naman silang encouraging in terms of magkanta ka sa karaoke, you know, do your dancing. You know, they were always really supportive, but they never they never pushed me in this direction. I think there was a time, especially when I was spending a lot of time with my tita and my kuya who had cerebral palsy, I was more inclined to go into the healthcare um, field as well. But then when my kuya passed away, when he was 16 and I was 13, that kind of opened a whole other door for me, which is that I really enjoy connecting and um, expressing my Myself through the format of storytelling and I'm not just saying that in a way of being on theatre or um, being on stage I mean that as well you know through painting through sewing through um, history I think I'm, I'm quite into um, literacy and that kind of just took a life of its own and when I finished high school I genuinely was like I don't know what to do with myself but I knew I excelled in I excelled in dance I excelled in drama I excelled in history and you know in in English um, and then I kind of was just like well I'm not really sure what I'm gonna do but let's just do what's fun and what feels meaningful right now and that took me to Auckland and I guess it's stuck, Tita. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so is that what you mean by interdisciplinary? Meaning you can, you know, dub into this and that. Meaning you can uh, write a play today. Tomorrow you can act. So can you um, flesh it out a little bit for those people who are not into your field? Just to give them a bit of perspective or further insights into what that disciplinary creative practitioner means. Yeah, so I think it's just a fancy way of saying slash. Like I'm an actor slash dancer slash producer slash freelancer writer. But yeah, it does mean I have a bag of tricks that I use as a freelance creative, which means you know I'm not I'm not employed by anyone, so I kind of work from gig or project to project. And sometimes I will be. Um, contracted as a producer sometimes I'll be contracted as a stage manager as an actor or as a dancer or as a puppeteer mm-hmm. um, this means I have a number of sets of skills that I can do that basically allows me to pay the bills as a creative across other many projects but um, mm-hmm. yeah I think it's just a good easier way of saying I'm a quadruple jack trades <laughs> you're a yeah, jack of trades slash generalist You're not super niched into one particular skill. But I also, I think it it is a good sum up of um, the fact that I jump 
between the theater and the screen so that I can, you know, I can be behind the camera and in front of the camera. Um, and, and I think that's a lot of, a lot of creatives actually here in, in Aotearoa, you know, like there's not a lot of acting jobs. So if you want to be in the industry, you do have to be flexible and you have mm. to be um, extra, I suppose, um, agile in terms of what else you can offer or what else you can do in the industry because the industry is so small. Mm. So um, you kind of want to be creative in being a creative. So I think. Yeah, just <laughs> that was my next question because people know New Zealand as a country full of service providers, healthcare workers, IT professionals. Uh, sometimes uh, there was a, even a wave of teaching uh, professionals who moved to New Zealand. So they don't probably know much about the performing arts or the theater industry, the movie industry. And you say that it's pretty small. So, um, and a lot of them probably know New Zealand as the land of the hobbits, the land of the Lord of the Rings. So um, how do you thrive? I mean, who are your competitors there? Are they migrant uh, workers like you in the, in the field or are they local people who just love to be in the arts? Give us a little bit of a flavor about what's happening with your industry in particular. Yeah, I, I think there is definitely competition nationally as well as internationally, especially during COVID times. Um, I mean, I'm not quite entirely sure of where we're at at the moment with the current pandemic, but I remember the first couple of lockdowns, New Zealand was one of the safest countries to be able to put a production together. So there was a lot of international companies and productions coming in, mm. um, making so that definitely poses a great opportunity and also a, a little bit of a threat to the local performers and local crew. Um, it brought in a lot of money and a lot of opportunity, but also it meant a lot of competition from overseas as well. Um, but in terms of like the theatre industry, we are still quite small. I mean, being in the middle of it, it feels quite big for me in terms of the mm. industry. I feel like that is my universe here but in the grand scheme of things I know that the arts is still um, one of the, I suppose one of the fields that we are still fighting as a valuable trade as something that is really important especially mm. now in the world where we all feel quite isolated and disconnected yeah uh, but in terms of in terms of who I'm specifically competing with I think it's it's still the same thing of I'm competing for Asian voices to be on the big platforms, you know, and and in my own ways as an individual creative or as a company producer, there are there are you know movements forward in terms of how we are doing that successfully running proudly Asian theatre company and empowering a lot of Asian practitioners. So I do think we are making changes, mm -hmm. um, but it does also goes to show that. You know, there is still a lot more work to go when I'm playing the first Filipino nurse on New Zealand TV, which yes. has been for almost 30 years. And That's we know right. that Filipino nurses have been around in New Zealand hospitals for many, many years. Mm. But for some reason, I'm the first Filipino nurse. And I do want to debunk that really quickly. I know there has been a couple of other Filipino actors in the show, um, but not in the nurse role. Not right. in not in a role or not in a position, I believe, that has been highlighted that they are Filipino. But I do acknowledge that there have been other Filipino actors in the show. Um, mm. I'm just really lucky to, I guess, be one of the major casts that mm. can have that spot and really wave the Filipino flag. 
Yeah, that's right. So is that like a long-standing kind of uh, engagement or was that a, just a one-off five season, five episode appearance for you? Are you regularly appearing in the show now? Um, I've been on the show since July okay. and it's now November. So I'm, I'm, I'm one of the major guest roles, whether or not I'm there for a lot longer, who knows, but I've, I'm, I'm not going anywhere for a while. Yeah. So, so yeah. Um, you said it's very tricky to do all these productions um, during the pandemic. And a part of my, my uh, podcast is uh, touching a little bit around how we pivot during COVID, how we move our businesses online or whether there are components of it that is, you know, just slightly bearing towards online work. How did Shortland Street do your taping? Are you like Filipinos? You are in lock-in taping. <laughs> how, how did you guys do that during the pandemic? Um, so I'm very lucky. I'm very, very lucky because last year when Shortland Street went into a lockdown, they did a massive um, sort of, I think, um, overhaul of how they're going to do their COVID protocol. Um, we were not allowed to film under level four. Um, but under level three, there's a specific, um, I guess, protocol that they've put together with Screen Safe New Zealand mm. that Shawland Street is one of the only productions that are able to film under level three. Um, and the protocols are really strict, super strict. We're not, you know, even though we're working together in the same building, I haven't been near anyone for at least a meter. Wow. You know, we have our own dressing rooms. We use glass between people for any intimate probably scenes or a lot of green screen or a lot of editing so there's a lot of magic that happens for our um editors and that our editors and directors are pulling pulling off mm. which is amazing that it makes it look like we're closer than we are right. but um lots of camera tricks yeah i bet because <laughs> sometimes i go uh, YouTube and I always look at BTSs behind the scenes stuff just because I'm so curious about how that's done. So let's digress a little bit. You said here that you also did this um, Filipino production called Pinay and then you released Mekani. What was your motivation for, you know, creating those sort of productions? Is it just because you want to highlight the Filipino voice or is it because there's something in there's something that you advocate there's something more Pinay focused or what is it exactly that inspired you to do those productions I think those those two um, projects come very differently in terms of where I was at in my life Pinay was definitely the first one that was sort of my awakening as someone who really wanted to travel back to her roots or um, to really understand what it means to be a Filipino or Filipina here in New Zealand and how I sort of um, perceive that because I think um, you know we can talk about how we're invisible minorities we can talk about how there's not a lot of opportunities for us to be in these spaces but then I kind of got sick of that as a Filipina in the arts that I knew I was never going to get auditions for a Filipino role mm. and I knew and I have to make it myself. So when I had, I managed to find my tribe, which is with Pat. When I managed to, you know, to find the right people to work with, I managed to surround myself with people that gave me the ability and strength to be able to make to write my own play. Mm. And a lot of 
that is inspired by my own upbringing and a lot of my experiences from um, the stories I hear about Mount Pinatubo erupting, my lived experience of the Christchurch earthquakes. And it's quite a metaphoric and also quite like a home soap drama of family coming together and coming apart in the process of migration. And I think for me, that was my version of what it meant for me as a Filipino shifting ground. By shifting ground, I mean from moving from one land to another. And in doing so, I think it then became quite radical, which is that I was setting the standard for Filipino makers because no one has done it before. Having then taken the history, you know, the historic move in the um, theatre landscape of it being the first Filipino theatre production in New Zealand, it kind of naturally and organically became a really big deal because it was, you know, like, I, I've been here for a long time and I can't believe I was making the first one. And then I thought to myself, well, well if it isn't me, who else is going to do it? What am That's I right. waiting for? And That's maybe right. someone else out there is just waiting for someone to show them the way. And I know, I knew realistically I wasn't going to tell every Filipino story. Mm-hmm. I was telling my Filipino story and hopefully that will open a space or a door for other Filipino makers. Mm-hmm. And then in doing that, I guess I you know, have was seen by the community, not just the Filipino, but also the non-Filipino community in the art space. And it kind of became a domino effect that I got an, an, another opportunity this time to make a short film with other Filipino creatives like Alisa Medel, mm-hmm. who was my director for Mekeni. And for that one, I was just very staunchly aware that I was doing it to really celebrate and rejuvenate and preserve the Kapampangan language in a way I knew best. And that was to tell a story that was dear to my heart, that was inspiring for me and meaningful. And again, it talked about family. Because I think for me, as a very family-oriented person, my family has always been sort of my rock and my inspiration and motivation in terms of whatever I'm doing, whether I'm making them proud or whether I'm challenging our beliefs or traditions in a way I was still sort of telling a story that again is unique to me but is quite universal to other migrants not just Filipinos and um, yeah and again because no one's done it before it became the first Kabampangan short film and (laughs) that was never the intention you know I was never like I'm gonna make the first of this and then I became the first Filipino nurse you know like it just I think (laughs) I just happened to be the lucky one to crack, you know, mm-hmm. to crack that space. And if if I can leave any legacy behind is that I leave the door open so that other people can come through because I That's know right. I'm not the only one. Mm-hmm. And I know for a fact because I work with many other very talented Filipinos and Asians here in New Zealand. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, whether to inspire someone to do what I'm doing and kind of whether you know what you're doing or not, to just be unapologetically Filipino in whatever space you're in, then I think I've achieved my goal. Yeah, how nice of you to have um, reflected upon that particular journey and how you position yourself and the Filipino voice in the mainstream kind of, you know, New Zealand community. Because having lived there myself for a long time, I can say that we Filipinos are very, very talented, we're very creative, we're very madiscarte, but we're afraid to shine. For some reason, we feel that was, this is me eh, and my personal take on this. We feel so indebted to New Zealand that we dare not. That we feel that we owe so much of where we're at 
at that time when you're in New Zealand, coming from your various experiences in the Philippines, you just want to keep quiet, stay put, have a very quiet life, enjoy the benefits and, and the support of the government, but don't dare shine. <laughs> because by shining, you feel that, you know, there you go again. Your baggages will, you know, from the Philippines, you go to your crab mentality, what people will say about you, things like that. Um, but people like you, like you said, you're, 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 you're a game changer and you're a shaker and a mover. Re really, shaker because you're, you're going out to do certain things that are not usually being done. And it unnerves some people. But for you, that wasn't your intention. You just want to keep doing, keep growing, keep innovating, um, you know, and, and that has already spoke for itself you know your achievements more and and all the accolades and and everything that you you've gone through and one of them now is this new zealand heroes award and and that's really um a testament to your commitment to your profession to your passion what's next after that award what what do you reckon you'll be um venturing into and and it's not to say the award is just a springboard it's just um a nice cherry on the top of your your cake but you know you can have your cake and eat it at this stage in your life so what's <laughs> next for you marian what do you think would be your future personal and professional goals honestly tita me i that's a good question and also not a question i I'm in a space of at the moment because so so much abundance has just come my way by like what you're saying of um, really sticking my head out. And I do just want to say, yeah, that crab mentality plus New Zealand's tall poppy syndrome doesn't help Filipinos in, in, in terms of their ambitiousness and mm -hmm. to, re to really achieve, you know. And I think a lot of a lot of us who moved here there's this idea, like you, you were saying, is that, you know, you got out of the Philippines, you're here, you're earning the dollars. You have to be grateful. And you know what? I am. I, I really am. And I think my way of showing my gratitude to my mama and my papa is to, to further flourish in that, you know, like, I mean, as, as a creative, sometimes, honestly, I have no income and other times I have income left, right and center. But yeah. there are many, many months where I'm working for free and many, many months I'm not earning anything at all and that's just how the creative industry works um hopefully we'll change that very soon but um yeah. i think for me right now i'm just really focusing on doing my job well as a full-time actor on a primetime television and really at the moment I'm, i feel like i'm taking a bit of a step back and just really creating foundations and platforms for other new and emerging artists to feel represented by or to feel empowered by because I, I feel like I'm a few steps ahead because of the opportunities and spaces I've taken but it doesn't mean I can go back and help the other people be mentored or be in, be in a space where I am now mm. so I think at the moment I'm just really in a space of gratitude but I think in the future I don't see why proudly Asian theatre can't be national. You know, at the moment we're very much in Auckland. Yeah, we are starting to talk to our like you know overseas sort of connections um, for other future projects. Um, I'd love to be able to work outside of New Zealand. Hopefully, one of my biggest dreams actually is to be able to collaborate with Filipino makers in the Philippines. And I'm I'm quite curious how that's possible. 
and how I can, you know, bring my, you know, New Zealand or Aotearoa, like mana back home and be able mm. to take the, you know, the kaupapa that I've been working here and how I can use that to grow in my Filipino roots as well. Um, but maybe, maybe an Emmy, maybe an Oscar in the future, like maybe 10. Well, uh, to me, it's not impossible because like you said, there's no one going to stop you because you're already ahead of the game. So it's just a matter of time when you yourself reach out to those different groups and try to collaborate with I'm them. Ready. I'm ready. I'm ready, Tita. Yeah, I bet you are. But um, in, in another spin of things, because you're so Auckland-based, how are you being supported by, for example, the consulate or the embassy or uh, the local government of Auckland or other Filipino community groups in other areas of New Zealand? Uh, not just for yourself, but for your company, for your theater group, for, for, the, for your particular industry. Are you getting some help from them at all? Um, I'm definitely getting a lot of help from them in terms of visibility whenever I'm doing projects. Um, they help us outsource information or help us with our marketing. Um, but in terms of that stuff, not in, like financially, not really. There's not really a lot of money. A lot of the support I get through Proudly Asian Theatre and Thank Queer Collaborative are a lot of our Creative New Zealand or um, New Zealand Film Commission or at the moment for McKinney, we've got Someday Stories who are also being funded by other big companies companies but um no i don't have any direct sort of i guess financial support but i i know the current ambassador is very supportive of my endeavors um they went and saw penai when i put you know when i put the show on so um i'm also a vamba a volunteer ambassador so you know like they know i'm around and i'm here to help them out as well um but in terms of the creative space um Maybe that's a further conversation we can have and yep. it's a conversation I'm willing to explore. But I think I'm also very aware that at the moment with the pandemic, there are a lot of other spaces that really needs focus like our mental health um, sector and um, a lot of our migrants are needing the current support with what is going on with the pandemic and how that's affecting people's visas and all of that, which is just so not my field. Mm-hmm. So I know, you know, but I'm going when it's your time and when it's not your time. Do you know what I mean? So I think right now, especially with COVID, I'm just happy that I can entertain people seven o'clock Monday to Friday. And I'm getting, you know, the support I, 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 you know, I am receiving from a production company that looks after their cast and their crew. So mm. I'm very happy that yeah, way. Yeah, uh, from what you've already said, um, I'm already thinking about how that collaboration would would happen. For example, here in Australia, we have local grants for arts, for the arts. And, and, and I could also piggyback that with um, promoting the Filipino culture. So there are ways where future collaborations can happen here. And I'm, I know some people here in that space where community influence is, um, you know, possible. So we will talk offline and see how that happens because the, um, at least as far as I'm aware because I've written grant proposals and have been successful in getting that for my, my day job. So I think I can, you know, do something similar to help promote our work without it being a part of my day job. And because oh. I know how the system works, yeah. that is a possible way where we can enter and collaborate. Yeah. Yeah, I do just want to say that here in terms of other support we're receiving is that 
Pan Asian Screen Collective, uh, who, which is another collective that's working with Prada Asian Theatre um, Company, we're getting a lot of support from them. We're very much supported by CNZ, New Zealand Film Commission. But also, actually, that reminds me in 2018, when I was in the new development of Panay, um, the embassy did help with a little bit of a putia towards my development. So they did manage to help in terms of figuring out what I'm doing with the script. So that was before we put the show on. So the mm. embassy, pre-COVID times, when it was possible, were able to help out where they could. So I definitely know that it's not an impossible venture to go into and I know there will be support out here. But I mean, you know, everyone needs money always. Mm -hmm. So that's always a thing. But I've, I feel very lucky that, you know, I'm, I'm also an Equity New Zealand board member. So I'm very privileged in a way that I'm in conversations that I, you know, probably wouldn't be if I wasn't a board That's member right. yeah. um, but I get a lot of support from the you know the New Zealand film and theatre community mainly because of the circles I roam and um, again it's just one of those industries that you you have to be nice you know mm. but you can't be in, in an industry where really we're not doing it for money you know yes. so when there's not a lot of money in the game there has to be a lot of heart so I'm very yes. grateful <laughs> a lot of I agree yeah, so, so a lot of people outside of that, Marianne, outside of that, what, do you have a life outside of theater production? <laughs> do you have like something that's you and the other side of you? Like for me, I have a day job, I'm a mom, I'm, I, I do this and that, but I do podcasting on the side, I do singing on the side, I do writing on the side, and you being all over the all over the spectrum now of performing the show. What, yeah, what do you do outside of that, Maria? Give us a little bit of a, a non-work-related picture of yourself. Yeah, so honestly, bef before I was, you know, grateful and proud to be a full-time creative. And when I say full-time, I mean like over full-time. Because mm. I was projects on top of projects. But now, with, with the luxury of having a full-time job, I actually have the option to not be working all the time. I just got a puppy recently, so mm -hmm. I'm a new dog mum. <laughs> so a fur parent. Uh, they call yeah. it a fur parent. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, that's something outside. But, I, you know, I mean, all of the things I enjoy doing that are, you know, outside of what I'm getting paid for are still quite creative. So, I mean... Mm -hmm. Maybe I just can't get myself out of it. I, I write all the time, you know. I I mean, I'm making projects on the go, as you can see. Yeah. Um, you know, I, yeah, I, I dance. I make TikTok videos now. Like, just whatever m makes me enjoy my day. Um, but outside of that, I think I'm just really big on um, the mental health and well-being space. I do a lot of, again, still through art. Um, I still, you know, I advocate and raise awareness for a lot of our neurodiversity whanau people um, in New Zealand through the educational system. I, um, you, know, work, you know, sometimes I collaborate with Torima Vibes who are currently looking after the whole water mental health space in, in the art sector and outside of that. Mm -hmm. But I kind of work in pockets and I go in and out of these little projects that, to be honest, I think just makes me feel good about, you know, the world and myself. Um, but outside of creative work, my dog. That's, <laughs> that's my life now and my partner. So you probably have a lot of Instagram photos of yourself with your dog as well. Oh, 
that the last week videos. has just been about my dog, yes. <laughs> so it was so refreshing to hear all your insights because I've not been able to engage with somebody from your sector. I've often engaged with business people, online sellers, uh, vloggers, and um, you know people who have very technical skills, like a microbiologist was once in my show. So it's really, really nice to hear from you, a young person with a lot of dreams, a lot of um, plans in life, and still manage to go through all that we've discussed in, in this short space of time. So if ever there are people who are still intrigued, curious about what life in New Zealand is and uh, anything that you can share um, as a message to people who want to be in your industry, what would you say to them? I would say be bold. I would say be proactive and I would say really understand who you are and what you are about. Because I think no one can question it. If you, if you really understand who you are and where you're coming from and where you're going, then you can be as unapologetic about your actions and your choices and that people will remember that. And I also think in an industry like the creative arts, you have to not be lazy. <laughs> and you, you know, a, a, other than being able to do the hustle and the grind, you also have to be really kind to yourself. You have to be really kind to other people because it is a very competitive industry. And the only person, other than your, you know, hopefully you have your good support network that will give you the validation and love you need. Ultimately, you have to be able to validate and back yourself up. If you can confidently say, I have what it takes, then you have what it takes. Why would you let other people question that? And you know what? I say this as someone who also still sometimes questions it. Mm. But, I, but I've done this really incredible thing where I've surrounded myself with people who really look after me when I can't look after myself. But also, it takes practice to be good to yourself. So I think be kind to yourself and know you can do it. Mm. That's it. Yeah, yeah, you just have to be... Um, open to possibilities as well. That's part of being kind to yourself. Because if you're close right. up and you That's just right. refuse to, you know, yeah. see what's out and, there. And I would also to... say, I guess in a space, especially where Filipino voices are becoming new or becoming more familiar, you can do no wrong. And if you do make mistakes, you will learn from it. You will learn from it and other people will learn from it. So I guess acknowledge and celebrate your mistakes because the next day that mistake might be the best lesson you've ever encountered yeah that's great love it love it so what about those episodes where you appear in shortland street for people like us who don't have access to the regular showing are they on youtube can we watch previous episodes at all or do you have a facebook page how can people get in touch with you through your different on tv as far as I'm aware, TVNZ website, the On Demand, is available in Australia. So TVNZ On Demand, all of the scene, you know, all of the short and sheet scenes are on. I also think it's on YouTube, um, mainly because my family in the Philippines watches it through YouTube. Oh, but it's there a bit you go. Behind, you know, but <laughs> okay. Demand, I think works for um, Australia because you know we're brothers, um, brother countries, sister countries. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, Monday to Friday, you'll see me. That's where yeah. I am. I wonder what happened. Really, that was the time when... Oh, I don't even want to discuss it here because it's going to take us even longer to talk about short Let's see. But my kids and I and even my parents, were when they were still alive, we were so hooked 
on short dance street when we were in Wellington. So that yeah. was a part of us being Kiwi noise. Um, that's that's kind of like our cardo uh, in the Philippines, you know, <laughs> that yeah. long-standing. That's this well, Fernando I mean, mo- movie. I mean, the area. If you haven't seen Shawl and Shade, I will say that the character I play, Madonna Diaz, she represents the Filipino accent on the show, which is really refreshing for New Zealand program. You hear a Filipino be a staunch Catholic, great nurse on screen that you may love or you may hate. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, she she's a very um, bold person and I think she she does her job very well and sometimes that doesn't work very well for the other characters on the show. Oh, but uh, <laughs> she's definitely staying around for a while. So Oh, good, good, good. It's just like glee. I feel that um, the um, the stories and the um, the conflicts. Yeah. <laughs> you know like what? Her current sort of um, motions at the moment, if you do want to check it out, you know, she goes through, you know, her her ambitiousness with her career, trying to fit in, romance is a thing, trying to find, you know, home in a new country. It's all there. So go check it out. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure. So if anyone listening to us would like to engage with your theatre company or you personally as a practitioner, how do they get in touch with you, Marianne? We are very easy to find on Facebook or Instagram. ProudlyAsianTheatre.com is our website as well. That and Kuya Collaborative is also on Facebook. But easiest way is to find me on on Instagram or TikTok, Marian Infante. And honestly, all of the links to my companies are on my pages. So, you know, I'm also very happy to meet people on, you know, the socials if they want to talk about what it means to be a Filipino overseas or what the heck I'm doing in the arts. Um, but yeah, engage and you know, I look forward to sharing. Yeah, thank you so much, Marian. It's really fantastic to have um, uh, engaged with this very refreshing topic. I really feel that, uh, wow, to be able to talk to somebody in New Zealand that's really, really driven, you will be able to influence more younger people to really pursue their dreams and go hard and don't hesitate and be a change maker like yourself. So with that said, I want to formally close the show. Again, Marianne, thank you for being here today. And for our audience, for our listeners, if you have any stories or topics that you wish to feature in the show, please reach out to me. My email is in the description box below. Samutsari Conversations with Mimi is a member of the Guerrilla Podcast Syndicate. You can also reach out to me through my Facebook page and my YouTube channel. Please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Marianne, how do you say goodbye in New Zealand? How do you say Dakala Salamat. Dakala Salamat. And in Kapampangan, that would be? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I usually just say salamat, mingat kopungan, at sana mikikatan kasibayo. Okay, there you go. So thank you, Marianne, and until the next time. Bye, everybody. Thank you so much. Bye bye. If you find value in this episode, make sure you like and subscribe to be notified of new releases. If you have any questions or suggestions, please reach out to Gorilla Podcast or send us an email at mimi at dinosocial.com. Spread the word and don't forget to tune in next time.
We are Independent Podcast Network. We are Guerrilla Podcast Syndicate. Would you like to hear your brand while supporting quality podcasts? Contact us now at advertise at guerrillapodcastsyndicate.com.